Yeah. We're recording? Oh. Cool. Will you tell Tony I need a drink? <laughs> Do you have a drink? I need one, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so, we're just going to start. All right. You ready? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Welcome to I Know the Owner, a podcast where bar people talk bar stuff. I'm Charlene Wellington. I am your host and the owner, and I'm here with Janine Cannon from Hinterlands. Hi, Janine. Hi. <laughs> um, full disclosure, Janine is the first bartender that I ever had on my podcast that currently works for me. Woohoo! So... <laughs> All right, these people were not yelling when we started. They were just talking with a normal voice. Um, but whatever. We wanted ambient noise. Um, so, so, full disclosure, um, she probably won't say anything disparaging. Well, not about you. I got a bunch of other stories. <gasps> Tony, can I have a drink? Can I have a Espolón and soda and two shots of Espolón? Oh, damn, Okay. Yes. <laughs> Tall single. <laughs> Hi, Janine. Welcome. Thank you. I just finished my shift here at Angelin. How was it? Boring because of Labor Day. Yeah. But then all the regulars came and That's gave awesome. me money. Where are they now? Did you tell them to leave? No, they all got too drunk. Oh, good. Yeah, one almost fell out of her seat. <laughs> awesome. You'll have to tell me who after. <laughs> I <know. laughs> It was pretty good. <laughs> so, Janine, how did you get started in this business? Mm, well, my mom owned a bar, a biker bar. Awesome. And so I would, I grew up in there. And Thanks. Cheers. cheers. I'm going to drink half. I'm going to drink half too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom owned a biker bar. How biker old bar. were you? Um, probably five. Okay. Um, and That's if I was young. ever sick, sick at, uh, from school, I would hang out there, Jerry's. And then eventually I would help in the kitchen when I was a young teenager. Um, and then I got my first job when I was 13 at a tropical smoothie. <laughs> 13? 13. And what's a tropical smoothie? Oh, it's a terrible chain restaurant <laughs> where they serve sandwiches and wraps and There goes smoothies. our sponsorship with tropical uh, smoothie. I don't know um, if there are things to No. <laughs> I mean, they're not in New York, so, but not, maybe they are. Um, but then I got my first bartending job at a place in Virginia called Kogan's Pizza. Kogan's? Kogan's. Oh, Kogan's. Yeah. Oh. It was a... <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> it was a bar where you expected to be treated terribly. On All the purpose? Bar- yeah, kind of. Like like uh, hogs and heifers or... Yeah. Okay. Um, just everybody. Coyote ugly? All That's the what I- bartenders were like young, hot women, also bikers. How old were you? Um, 21. Okay. Is and that what you're saying for the public, or or were you really 21? I was really 21. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just turned 21. Okay. And um, it was like a wear fishnet stockings, uh-huh. um, take secret shots behind the bar. Secret? Secret shots. Okay. You weren't allowed to drink? We weren't supposed to, but everybody did, okay. including and our... Um, 
managers. Mm-hmm. It was great. And so that's when I started bartending. We, I've told you this, we did a Girls of Kogan's um, yes, calendar shoot. You showed me some pictures. <laughs> that was it awesome. Was, it was Pretty sleazy. Um, Whose idea was it? The owners. <laughs> it was a creepy, creepy old guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and our mascot was a gorilla. And we uh, like did poses where we're like kissing the gorilla. It's like good girls okay. versus bad girls. So Wait, which were you? I was a bad girl. Interesting. Yeah, See, it was my punk face. I wouldn't have cast you that way. <laughs> Do we need a mascot here at Hinterland? I think it's Stuart. <laughs> I think you're right. I think it is. <laughs> That's why we're going to do a Stuart and the dogs of Hinterland. We're going to do a Stuart calendar where Stuart is every month. <laughs> That's what he was meant for, honestly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I've been in the business for a while now. So how long did you work at Kogan's? Three years. Yeah, okay. roughly three years. And then I moved to New York. And uh, my first job was in Midtown at a terrible pizza place where I thought mm-hmm. I, like it was owned by this young woman. Uh-huh. And uh, I call her a business bitch. And she fired me. <gasps> oh, no. Was she the owner? Yeah. <laughs> you call me business bitch all the time, and I, I know, never fire you. It's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> she, how long were you working there? Uh, probably like six or seven months. That's a long time for her to not be able to take the word. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. How old was she? Probably like 26. Her like oh. dad bought her a bar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was a bad job. I when, yeah, mm-hmm. we thought the food, doing the food here was bad. I had to make full pizzas, like from scratch. Yeah. Like you had to throw the dough in the air. Make the dough. And I <laughs> did you throw it in the air? I tried once and I got in trouble. <laughs> You're like, what are you talking about? This is New York pizza. You throw it in the air. I'm a New Yorker now. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I ever saw anybody throw dough in the air in real life. Yes. Yeah. yeah. When I was a kid, you'd go to the pizza place and they would throw the dough in the they air. They do it at Jafaris. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been to Jafaris. What? I know. I grew up, like I went to high school right near there. So I feel like I probably went there, but it wasn't like a thing when I was younger. That's crazy. Best pizza. Nobody, it was just... I mean, I have my pizza places that I grew up with, but it was just another, like, good pizza place, and nobody started making a big deal out of it until, you know, like, 15 years ago, so I was like, I'm not going to wait on line for pizza. I know where else to get good pizza. (laughs) That's true. That's true. (laughs) So you worked in this pizza place, and you got canned for being anti-feminist. Yes. And then... (laughs) Yes. And then where did you work? Oh, and then I went to the Ox Tavern, and I was there for like oh, eight years. Okay. Eight years? Yeah. That's a lo- I don't think I knew that you were there for eight years. That's a long time. I took a tiny break, but uh, yeah, I kind of ran the show. I was a nanny for the owner, or owner's kids, uh-huh. not him. That would be weird. <laughs> um, yeah, I was there for eight years. Wow. A lot. Did you start out as a bartender? Yep. And were you living in this neighborhood? I've only ever lived in this neighborhood. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Well, I guess like Flatbush and then... Yeah. But, 
Yeah, I eventually got fired when new owners came mm -hmm. and uh, I called them sexist and they again didn't fired like for it. being anti-feminist. I well, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I turned into a feminist at the point. Okay, <laughs> I was always a feminist. <laughs> Um, yeah, I got fired pretty, pretty hard. He didn't even tell me that I was fired. Mm -hmm. I had a shift covered, and that coworker reminded him of me, him taking the shift, and he was like, oh, she doesn't work here. And so I got a screenshot. Oh, no. Of telling, saying that it was That's pretty there. bad. I'm trying to think of the worst, the worst firing that I had. Um, I was... I was fired over the phone. That's not too bad. Um, I was fired by my boss's parents. Why? When he was out of town. I may have told this on the podcast before. I was fired by my boss's parents. This was one of my first jobs. I was like 18 in a day. And I worked at Caravas Tavern on 6th Avenue, West 4th Street. It was there for like 30 years. It only closed like within the last five years. Um, and I had been working there like six months and, um, I came into work one day wearing these purple overalls, um, with a like tiny half shirt underneath and my overalls like down on one side. Cause that was Cute. the style. It yeah. was like 1990. That's coming back. And, yes. Um, but the boss was out of town and his like old parents were in there and they were like, these two short old people that were standing behind the customers just like giving everybody dirty looks and I didn't know anything at the time and I didn't realize that basically his parents owned the bar like they <laughs> bought him the bar I mean he was at least in his 30s by then but still like they owned a restaurant down the street and this was like the same name this was the bar version like his parents bought him this bar and then the, either the mother or the father like motions to me to like put my overall up and I was like what? and then she says to me put your overalls up and I'm like I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> and I don't even think that side had a clip like thinking back they were meant to be worn on just one yeah. side and I was like if I wear my overalls up I'm gonna look like a nerd and nobody's gonna see my tits and I'm not gonna make any money <laughs> and, and I was like, that's ridiculous. Like, no. Why would you tell me to do that? Like, I was always wearing, like, see-through lace bodysuits. Like, why would I ever? And, and I, I refused to put my overalls up. And they fired me. And I was kind of like, you can't fire me. You're not my boss. <laughs> but they, they were, and they did. And I was not allowed to come back. Um, That's amazing. That's so, I'm glad yeah. you stood stood your ground. I I stood up for the little guy that yeah. day. I feel like I, it was it was an important point I had to make. That is that's feminism. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's feminism. I have the right to get money for showing my tits. I mean, <laughs> if you got them, yeah, I do have. Get them. the money. <laughs> <laughs> so, you worked at Ox Tavern for eight years, and then you got fired by some a picture of a text message. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I started working here. Okay. Yeah, I started working awesome. here. Awesome. 
All right. Yeah. And, and what was the best bar job you oh, ever wait. had? No. <laughs> Okay. I, <laughs> I started working at Sweet and Vicious. Oh, that's right. And then the we pandemic didn't even talk happened. about Sweet and we Vicious. Did. That's, that's the best that's worst the best job one. I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about well, Sweet and Vicious. Sweet and Vicious is a terrible bar. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, <laughs> you can if you want. You don't have to. Well, if you if you decide you don't want everybody to know. We'll just cut it out okay, a little peek well, behind the curtain. It's already in the newspapers. That's true. You but were on the news. I was on the news because me and my fellow co-workers sued the bar because they were awful. It was um, only men were allowed to be managers, even uh-huh. though one uh, woman was the manager. None of them had ever How did bartended. she get to be the manager? She was... Technically, for a while before um, the personal assistant to the owner. Okay. She would, like, handle his art dealings and do all this stuff. And then okay. he started making her do things for the bar. Okay. Um, and she did not get paid for that work. Oh. Uh, she hired me, which was also interesting. But um, the owner <laughs> wouldn't let me So work. he counted that as being his personal assistant. Yeah, but he didn't pay her for that. I think she got so, paid $20 an hour or something for, for okay. doing massive amounts of work. Interesting. Um, and during our shifts, the male managers would just stand and gawk at us and then be like, you need to move faster. And it was a volume re- bar. So uh-huh. I'm serving like eight drinks at once, yeah. moving as fast as possible. And... Uh, they ended up telling me I couldn't work nights anymore because I wasn't hot enough. I didn't dress <laughs> Did somebody enough. say you're not hot enough? Did they, like, take you in the office and they were like, um... They first said, oh, why don't you wear clothes like the other bartenders? Because uh-huh. they were wearing stilettos and, like, had full face of makeup, uh-huh. tits out, and, you know, looked hot. They looked yeah. great. Um, and I'm a utilitarian bartender. I want to be comfortable. I need my sneakers on. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to have comfortable clothes. It's an eight-hour shift. Yeah, yeah. And they did not approve. They said, um... I looked too much like a lesbian, which I'm not even sure what that means. <laughs> but they just meant like, you don't look like someone I want to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, there was a recording that was released um, where he said that we didn't, me and one other bartender didn't look like the girls at his weed shop in an in Ibiza, which <laughs> okay, okay. is a very specific look, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Um, you should have hired those women. Move them from a visa. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's, that's probably the worst job I've ever had. Not only were the customers terrible, the owner and the managers were terrible. Um, I, was, I was once told I was, I was too ugly. What? Uh, for a job. But it was a, it was a job at Goldfinger's. And so, so I I was a stripper in Vegas, yes. and then I came back to New York, and my friend like knew some guys that knew the owners of Goldfinger, so they sent me there um, to get a job. And I didn't really know much about the strip club circuit in New York, but I knew that was a good place. I knew I wanted to work in a good place, and so I went, and I had you know stripped in strip clubs before 
and they never like I thought when I went in they were gonna be like let's see what you got but they never did that you didn't even get they to were, try out well well no I mean like the places that I worked they were never like well let's go in the back room and see what you got like mm. that never happened I was worried that it would but they were like Come at four, dance on the stage. We'll see if you get to stay. You know, like it was not, it was never like that. But at Goldfinger's, like they took me downstairs and they had me put on just a G string and take a Polaroid, like front and back. Oh my God. And then they like put my name on it and kept it. So somebody has that somewhere. Um, They probably still jerk off to it. (laughs) Probably not. They probably have so many. They're like so sick of tits. Like if I see another, like they, that guy comes home to his wife and she's like, "Hey, honey, I got naked." And he's like, "If I see another pair of tits, that's it." So, so he told me to tan and tone up, and in the meantime, I could go work at the truck stop that they earned oh. that they owned in Newburgh. <laughs> So I did. <laughs> you did. And so, so at this point, I was I was 19. No, I was 20. I was 20. I was living with my... I had just moved back from Vegas. I moved back in with my dad. And um, I told him I was going, like, camping with some friends or oh. something. And I went to go strip in <laughs> Newburgh. And I get to this town, and it's like a truck stop. (laughs) And it was one of those places where the bar is like chair, like table height. Um, It was like a square bar, and the bar stools are like low to the ground. And then the stage was inside. Oh, my God. And And... I was making like $38 a night and I, and I had to stay at a hotel, like a motel, and the motel was not that cheap for like Newburgh, New York. I don't remember how much it was, but the bouncer like took pity on me and he let me crash on his couch so I wouldn't have to pay like $50 a night for this hotel. And I stayed there for a week and worked and did not make enough money to like justify taking the bus to Newburgh for like five days. What were the truckers like? They were nice. Everybody was nice. Everybody was fine. There were like five women that worked at a at a time and I didn't I didn't really make a lot of friends and I only was there for a week so I don't remember that much. I remember that everybody was super excited that it was near Walden Pond. And they're like, we're right near Walden Pond. <laughs> and then every anytime I'm driving on the interstate and I see Newburgh, I'm like, I went to Newburgh for a week. <laughs> Does the truck truck stop still exist? I have no should idea. We, we should go. <laughs> what was your shift? Did you have like an early morning? I don't remember. I don't remember. But when I worked in Vegas, I worked five to one, five a.m. to one in the afternoon. What was that like? Um, that was kind of awesome. So I. I would get there early. <laughs> I, we, you know, we had a conversation today about when I was a waitress and I would show up early and, and the girls, the girls, the women that were working um, the day shift would give me all their tables so they could go home early. I did the same thing at the strip club because I, I had a shift that started at 5 a.m. and it was Vegas, so the party was still going, but if I would get there at 4... 
the women that had already made all the money they wanted to make, they were like, we're done. Can you go on instead of me? So I would have an extra hour of, like, party time. So I'd make all my money. And then it was, like, it was all regulars, which is kind of good. So it was, like, very few bachelor parties, very few, like, young people. It was all, like, people that knew how to act in a strip club and knew, like, where, you know, what the rules were, what things cost. They're not trying to, like, pinch you on the side because they know they're going to get beat up. So it was kind of cool. And there would be, like, eight of us on instead of 50. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So we got, like, we got really close. And, I mean, it was weird going to work at 5 a.m. Sometimes I would go out to clubs and then go to work after. (laughs) And then I would, like go home and go to sleep like on a mattress on the floor and what a, like, watch TV. It was really weird. Wild Vegas. It was so weird. <laughs> How long did you do that for? A year. Oh, yeah. man. The first time I ever went to a strip club, um, I had made a band we got really drunk and pretended that we knew how to play our instruments. We went to this local bar back in Virginia called Sunny's. We're hanging out, having a blast, and we meet this couple, Rodney and Kiki. And they're Donnie like, and Kiki? Ronnie and Kiki. Ronnie and Kiki. And Donnie and Kiki are a completely different couple. They're different. <laughs> That's a different couple. But um, they were like, y'all want to go to Majestic City with us? And we were like, okay. So we climb in their van, we like smoke a blunt. Uh-huh. We stop by their house, and Kiki comes out with a, a pizza, a slice of pizza in her mouth, and a duffel bag full of money. They pay $25 for all five of us to get into the, <laughs> the club. And then Wait, a duffel bag full of money? Yeah. I don't know their life story, <laughs> but what I imagine, they're like Bonnie and Clyde. They're yeah, amazing. yeah. <laughs> so we're in Majestic City. One of the drummer Ronnie of our and band. Kiki does sound like a gender reverse right? Bonnie and Clyde. Yes. So. They were amazing. <laughs> that might not have been their real names. I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> um, we, our drummer, she dressed kind of like a pilgrim, and her, she has a very, like, baby voice. Uh-huh. And, uh... We're the only women in besides Kiki. We're only, only women in the strip club, and besides the dancers. Uh-huh. But uh, Kiki had a a regular seat right up front. All the women were flocking to her, and then all the men were flocking to my pilgrim friend and giving her money because the women, the dancers, were allowing her to touch them mm-hmm. and like put it in their g strings. And then each time, because we were so drunk, she'd just be like, "Thank you." Put it in the ladies like coochie. <laughs> oh, it was a lot. What instrument did you play? I played bass. Okay. Yeah, not very well. Not I mean, who does? <laughs> I was worse than Sid Vicious, I'll say. <laughs> we were That's called fair. the OBGYNs. We were. I love that. Yes, I moved to New York the day of our first show. Oh, so, so you never got to see what would happen. Yeah, we're not famous because of me. <laughs> Maybe they went on to, like, they changed their name to the midwives or something. <laughs> <laughs> They're still playing. Actually, community you witch. Should, <laughs> you should find out. <sighs> so, where were we? So, that, so you worked at... Um, 
sweet and vi- sweet and vicious. And those people sucked. Yes, and, and then I got fired via the pandemic. Mm-hmm. They um, pretended to hire us back to keep their PPP loan, but so they how does that work? They, they told the government they hired you, but they didn't. Or yes, they said that we denied the offer. Oh, shit. They sent us all an email, and they are like, do you want your job back? You have two hours to respond. And shit. <laughs> this was still, like, when COVID was still a pretty, uh-huh. like, big deal. And before vaccines, I think. Yeah, yeah, and, probably. Because um, that's when all the PPP loans were. Right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, turns out that was illegal. Um, awesome. Yes. Yeah, so Somebody should a- sue them. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great catalyst to start a lawsuit. <laughs> but, they lost so jokes on them good for them (laughs) I was so afraid to take a PPP loan and everybody was like you have to apply for some of these loans and I was like why would going into debt make my life easier and then everyone was like no, 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 you don't have to pay them back. And I'm like, but then why are they calling them loans? Like, I don't understand. And then my uncle, who is a CPA, called me, and he was like, they're giving out free money. You have to take it. And then finally I was like, all right. And I got to tell you, if it's like, like, here's, you know, tens of thousands of dollars... All you have to do is fill out all this paperwork. Awesome. I'm, no, I'm kind of on the fence. What? I don't like filling out paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if it's worth it. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, I did it. And, <laughs> and now we, we have these new bar stools. And now we have, yes, we have new bar stools. <laughs> nice and shiny. And, and we were able to pay our staff and keep, keep everybody who wanted to be employed employed. We didn't, like, fake hire anybody back. Oh, well, you should have. We should. I mean, if I knew then what I know now. I mean, we could have more barstools. I could have. We, I feel like we have too many. We do. Like too There's close. like six more in the basement. But, well, that's because I wanted to buy two more tables, but we ran out of money. <laughs> so now we have more chairs than tables. We will have more tables. Come drink at Angelands. <laughs> Somebody will break one one of these days. Yeah. So how did you end up working here? Oh, I was in the backyard drinking with my boyfriend, mm-hmm. and it was Memorial Day weekend, actually. Oh. You were stressed as... Can we cast? Yeah, of You were stressed the fuck out. Mm-hmm. You were making sandwiches. Navarro tried to tell you a joke, and you were like, no, not now. <laughs> you yelled at him. <laughs> I yelled at him? You yelled at him. That's and hilarious. He comes back and he's like, I think you should work here. She's stressed. <laughs> She's a bitch. I think you would like her. <laughs> kind of. And it turns out I do. <laughs> um, so I'm a little tipsy at that point and I come back in. You're not making sandwiches. And I was like, I'm a bartender. I'll work here. And you were like, I was suspicious. like, here, start. <laughs> yeah, he told me to email you. Mm-hmm. And... Um, then our interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> How did that go? You, I don't remember. You brought a notepad outside. That's right. And that I made remember. me very nervous. 
But it didn't have anything on it. It didn't, but you were going to take notes, and I got nervous. I never do. I always just have a notepad it's and a pen. It's a power pad. move, and <laughs> it's a it? good one. I didn't know it was a power move, but I know that if I wanted to write something down, I want to be able to. Well, Stuart wouldn't look me in the eye. He just had all of his chains on, and he was, like, sitting profile to me, and I was like, okay. And he's like, do you know how to change a keg? I was like, of course I know how to change a keg. He was like, sometimes people say you know how to change a keg, and you don't. And I was like, okay. This is so interesting to hear how we come off in interviews. <laughs> I do. You were looking at me straight in my face, but ready to write. And then I mentioned my other job. Okay. Uh-huh. I also, during the pandemic, started working in Industry City. Uh-huh. That's right. And That's you right. have a bar down there. Yeah, like two blocks I away. totally forgot about. <laughs> and I, you said, where do you send people once Industry City closes? And I named your competitor bar. And you draw a huge I X. I drew a huge X on the notepad. You said, nope. And I, I went to Navarro's, my boyfriend's, and I was like, oh my God, she's not hiring me. Like, of course she's not hiring me. I totally fucked up. Like, why did I tell them about Jess's bar and I your bar? And then you hired me. I did. I did. And I burned down that competition bar. No, we love them. They're our friends. Do send all all the people to Minnie's now. Everybody go to Minnie's in Sunset Park. (laughs) Minnie's Bar, 4th Avenue, (laughs) 33rd Street. Uh, I was totally embarrassed. (laughs) Awesome. It was a great interview. That was a good interview. (laughs) I will say then... <laughs> when Stuart trained me, which no, it was my first training day was you saying, "All right, well, go work." And uh-huh. I, was like, I don't know where anything is. You're like, "Figure it out." I'm gonna watch you. And then, like ten minutes in, you're like, "Ah, okay, you, you work here." Yeah, that wasn't your training. That was part of the interview. That was part of the interview. That was like, I just want to see how comfortable you are behind the bar because we had just hired somebody who claimed to have worked in a beer bar and and I should know better because a lot of people a lot of people think you can lie and say that you worked in a in a beer bar and that will cover for the fact that you don't know what the cocktails are mm. but there's a certain way of being behind the bar that you can't fake you can't just be like oh I don't know the drink like people that think it's about knowing what's in the drinks that's about being a therapist to people who drink. (laughs) And it's also like the way that you hold the glass, the way that you pour the beer, like the comfort level back there. So if you're going to say like, I've never bartended before, but I want a chance, I can understand that. But if you're going to lie and be like, I have eight years experience, but only in beer, and then you go to pour a beer and you don't know how, I'm like, okay, now you're a liar. (laughs) so, So we had just gotten burned by like two people who claimed to have experience and then didn't. And so we decided from that point on, whoever we interviewed, we were just going to shove back there for 10 minutes and just see how it goes. And I know it's super scary. I honestly prefer it because I don't need to be trained. I just need to be told where the stuff is. Mm-hmm. We didn't tell you where the stuff was. You did it. We were like, just find the stuff and do it. <laughs> and I <laughs> but, did. But I, I, I really just need to see like how you hold the glass if you can talk to people. Like, how you pour a beer. And then I'm like, all right, now we'll train you. So. I was recently at a bar, and the guy was pouring a Guinness. 
totally walked away from it, started playing on his phone, talking to other regulars, and the Guinness is just the cup Oh, he left it over. running. Yeah. Oh, no. Because I was like, if he had stopped it, then it's like, yes, you have to wait a minute. Totally, yeah. <laughs> no. Had we not stopped it, it would have oh, that's emptied really, the keg. That's so funny. <laughs> Superior bartender. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm shaking my head. <laughs> Literally, you just can't you can't hear it. <laughs> I don't have gel in my hair today. <laughs> and then and then we trained you. This is fun because um, to hear like the bartender's side of getting hired here. So then we trained you, and I have like a really serious spiel that I give everybody. Oh, that was really refreshing, especially was coming it? off of this experience where. I oh, was yeah. treated like a, uh, just like an idiot and like an object that yeah. wasn't good enough. Um, and I never felt safe. Like even one of the my coworkers had been like assaulted. Like mm-hmm. somebody hit her, a customer, and they blamed her. And then one of the bar bags at Sweet and Vicious had groped a coworker and me, and they uh. made us talk to him in a tiny closet. And oh my you know, god! So it was just a very unsafe environment. While you hire me, and then you give me this spiel, five minutes long, all about us being like the priority being our safety. Yes. And um, that. Doesn't has never happened, you know. Really, I mean, never, never, never. Even I don't think I ever got a, a speech like that either. But I mean, you were also surprised that you could go to the bathroom whenever you oh want. Oh God! <laughs> uh, my other job, I'm the only one there, and I have to close the entire place down just to go to the bathroom. <laughs> As being vicious, we weren't allowed to use the bathroom. What are you supposed to do? Oh my God! I a few times because I have a small bladder. Yeah. We'll just go, and then I got. No, nightshifts, even more so. Because you, know? you would go to the bathroom? Yeah, I'd be like, I got to. Didn't people take smoke breaks? Yes. So I'm, you could take a smoke break, but you couldn't take a bathroom yeah. break? Yeah. And then they would just go across the street, take a shot, take a pee, and then come back. <laughs> wow. See how fucking stupid that is? It's so stupid. If you would just let people use the bathroom. Just let me pee, man. That's <laughs> I don't even crazy. need to get drunk in my shit. I just need to pee. I just pee. need to pee. <laughs> And then, even at at Ox, I had this man who was a regular, but he would just say the most vile, disgusting things to me. He called me a cunt. He told me I was just a tattooed bartender who would never amount to anything. I would love to see somebody call you a cunt in here and see what would happen. And I told the owner, and I was like, I'm not serving him ever again. He can't be in here when I'm in here. And he was like, no. He's going to be in here, and you have to serve him. And just so never was my safety or comfort a priority until here. Until Woohoo! <laughs> it's really nice working with Aww. for a woman. <laughs> Thank you. And Stewart. <laughs> and Stewart. Um, I worked in a lot of places also where my safety and comfort were not a priority. And especially when I worked in hotels, um, my managers, for the most part, were really cool and they got it. But the the... Clients would spend so much money in the hotel 
that where my boss, who was like the food and beverage manager, would be like, fuck this guy. But this guy could be spending, you know, like $600,000 a year on hotel rooms. Mm -hmm. So we couldn't alienate anybody because it was a corporation. So people would be super rude to me. And then I would tell my manager and he would comp their food and it would drive me fucking crazy. And so I vowed to never do that to my staff because, and, but also we're a neighborhood bar and I feel like if somebody is being an asshole to you, they're being an asshole to my customers probably and they, they need to go. This is, that's probably one of my favorite things about working here. It's such a community that you built, like it's, um, it's like a home away from home for all these people in the neighborhood. I mean, earlier you were saying you hate everybody that comes in here. Hey, so I'm just no, I would never. <laughs> it's probably the first time that I've been actual friends with the customers oh, wow. outside of here. Awesome. <laughs> That's so rude. Don't take away my regulars. No. They're the only reason I, I would, made money today. I would never. I need them too. <laughs> I got bills too. <laughs> no, we. I'm lo- one of we your love, bills. We love our regular. I know. We love our regulars. I like a place that's the regulars like regular keep the heavy. lights on. It's yeah. Cheers. We're yeah. Cheers. I mean, we're in like this little neighborhood. We don't get a lot of tourists around here. Only so. Stewart's fans. Stewart's fans. <laughs> it's yes. like a destination. Every spot. so, like once a week. <laughs> but every so come. often, somebody who listens to the podcast will come in. But for the most part, it's people that live within a five-block radius. Yeah. So. And a bunch of them I can count on, it's like, 5 o'clock, and there she is. Yes. <laughs> and yes. I really love that. I love yeah. expecting people. It doesn't feel so much like work at that point. Like, I'm not mad to be here. Which is this rare. Is for me. Because there's a lot of bartending <laughs> that I freaking hate. Yes. It's so stressful when you're not happy where you are. Yeah. And it's nice. And the bar makes sense. Which also usually isn't a thing. (laughs) I told you guys this would happen. She's not going to say anything mean about me. Um, The bar makes sense, you say? (laughs) Could could, could I say anything mean about you? Um, (laughs) Probably, but, you know, we have private discussions about that. No. Um, maybe it, I know that I can't think of anything. Oh, no, the so. office is a mess. Yes. <laughs> no, I thought it, you were going to clean it. I did clean it, and then it's always a mess. <laughs> I'm a messy person. <laughs> I, I accept that about I accept that about myself. There's paper clips everywhere. That's, that's your flaw. The paper clips are my flaw? The, no, the mess <laughs> and the paper clips. <laughs> Why is nobody cleaning it? I was cleaning it. I gave up. <laughs> Why is it my responsibility to clean my office? <laughs> At my, at my apartment. <laughs> we were supposed to <laughs> clean supposed out your apartment. I know. The summer's over. One day, <laughs> one day, I'll be the kind of person that somebody else cleans my You got house a lot going office. on. I do have a lot going on. You're a titan of industry. <laughs> I'm a titan. <laughs> this is funny because I barely know anybody in here today. Well, I know, I know two people in here. Everybody else is... I guess because it's a holiday. I guess. Our, our I hate... Might be down the street. I hate Labor Day. It is 
so rude because it's rude. We are laboring still. Yes. And they're all everybody's gone. I mean, I have an aversion to holidays in general and I and I have aversions to people that that celebrate holidays and they're like, what are you doing for this holiday? And I'm always like, working, motherfucker, because when it's a holiday, then bar people have to work more. Yes. That's why I'm so adamant about election day not becoming a national holiday. Yes. Because then I won't get to vote. Yes. <laughs> uh, I had to work like a Christmas Eve and it was the first time I was excited about, like, I had something to do. Uh-huh. Um, and it was dead, it was dead, it was dead. And then I got, like, a 3 a.m. Oh, yeah. rush. Or maybe it was even, like, 2. So I just kept, oh, I was so mad. Hmm. Except it was also really sad because it was just all these, like, lonely hearts. Yeah. <laughs> I've worked Christmas. <laughs> I've worked Christmas for all of my bartending career and at least the first four years of my bar owning career. Does it and make sense as an owner to open on those days? Yes. Yeah. Especially when you have a neighborhood bar because a lot of people have nowhere to go. And so if we don't open, they're going to be alone on Christmas. They they won't have anywhere to go. And if we have somebody who doesn't mind working, people are generous. They're like, oh, you're working on Christmas? And you make good money. So, yeah. yeah. It always... Every year, I'm like, should I open? Should I open? And then the next day I come in and I'm like, yeah, it makes sense to open. We open late. We open um, 8 o'clock. I guess when I worked at the place that we did the uh, calendar, I would work late on Thanksgiving. One, to get away from my family. And two, we all need a drink after we've been with our family all day. My Thanksgiving tradition for the first 10 years that I bartended was my dad would come to my job with Thanksgiving dinner. And we would have Thanksgiving dinner at my job. That's so sweet. Um, Oh, I do miss herb lunch. Yes. Dad Um, lunches were the best. Yeah. We have dad lunch at the bar um, every Thursday. My dad comes to the bar, and I make him lunch. And sometimes it's something I make at home. Sometimes I order salads, but I try to make my dad have a healthy lunch once a week. Um, And he had uh, quintuple bypass surgery two weeks ago, and so we haven't done dad lunch. But he's good. He's home, and he walked to the corner Yesterday, he's so on his way. He's on his way. <laughs> Dad lunch will resume. Dad lunch will resume, but um, Janine gave up Thursdays. So. Um, only because I want to. I just want to hang out. Yeah, I just want to hang out. I don't want to work. Yeah. I need to sit next to him rather than <laughs> like I don't like eat across. Yeah, or it's like standing up. That's true. Yeah, I have a segment. Oh, okay. I have a segment. You can you can sit there and just watch the wire. We're for the for the listener, the bar is filled up and now we're just sitting at the bar yapping while customers sit down and order drinks, which is good for a holiday weekend. Um, so I was telling Janine we do a segment where I ask listeners to write in to me and ask me questions and tell me you won't believe the fucking day I had as if they were belly up to the bar. And I did it, you know, during the pandemic when people couldn't come into the bar. 
Um, and like I say, every episode, nobody ever writes me uh, and emails me a letter um, about their day. Or even, you can even ask me advice about bartending or getting a bartending job or have. You know, you can send me advice questions to I know the owner podcast at gmail.com. But nobody does. So I comb through <laughs> Am I the Asshole on Reddit. Yes. Are you familiar? I am. Because we talk about it. Um, and I find Am I the Assholes that have to do with bartending. So I saved a few so I could read one. Let me see which one is going to be the most fun for us. Um, that one might be good. Um, trying to get something. I'm going to do this one. I like this one. Okay. I got to put my glasses on. <laughs> there we go. I remembered them. Okay. Dear Charlene, <laughs> am I the asshole for telling the bartender that I paid and tipped after she only thanked my husband? My husband and I didn't feel like cooking the other night, so I suggested going to the local restaurant to grab a beer and quick dinner. He's a regular there and goes about once a week with his friends. I told him I have cash, so I would pick up the tab. We sat at the bar. My husband told me we have to make sure to tip her good because she's new, oh, because she's the new bartender on the day me and my friend go. That makes sense, right? Did I read that right? She's a new bartender on the day that the husband regularly goes with his friend. Okay. I, and then the wife continues. I work a tipped-based customer service job as well, so that was fine by me. I get it. We ordered dinner and a couple of beers each during our stay. She wasn't rude to me, but she just didn't really acknowledge my presence. She only asked husband if food was okay. Only asked husband if he needed a box when his plate was practically empty and mine was half full. My husband got big smiles with laughs, and I got dead face and monotone. I still answered politely, even if she didn't technically ask me the question. The tab was about 60 I left that plus a $30 tip. All cash. I work for tips... My husband's a regular. We'll both be back. And even if she gave me weird vibes, I always had a drink and my food was great. This is where I might be the asshole. After she cashed us out, she leaned on the bar with her back towards me and said to my husband, thank you so much for doing that. It was so nice. I was really annoyed by this. While the back of her head was 10 inches from my face, I loudly said, I paid the tab and I tipped you. You're welcome. My you're welcome was definitely and purposely sarcastic. I know she heard me. She just walked away and never looked back my way. We left right after. My husband told me on the ride home that my comment was uncalled for. He goes in there a lot and I embarrassed him. My husband is great, but he is oblivious. In his mind, she wasn't rude. We never had an empty glass. Our dinners were great. He thinks it's just because she assumed he paid when I did. He's technically right, but I work in the same environment. I always treat people the same, not just the person who I assume paid and or tipped. So, am I the asshole? Lots to unpack there, Janine. And there's a lot. I'm going to say... No. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you. Because ignoring one person of the party is 
It's rude. Wait, it's so rude. Even if that's your regular. Yeah, that's even more of a reason to be like, oh, who is this You're person? You're a new person. I yeah. I'm going to make a new customer. That's your wife? Oh my God. Great to meet you. you know, I've whatever. heard so much about you. Exactly. Don't. That's how you're creating an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. And like being weird. <laughs> she was being weird. She was being weird. I probably would have done something similar. I would have probably done something similar. I'm not saying it's not a little petty, but I'm okay I with mean, pettiness I'm petty. sometimes. Yeah. I'll be, petty. <laughs> I'll be a petty Betty. Yeah. <laughs> she's not the asshole. And if she's also a service person, like yeah. you know. The, uh, the bartender should a if a male regular comes in with a woman, you need to pay attention to the woman. Yes. That's just especially if you're a woman. That's just that's bartending 101. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with your spouse coming here. This is a family place. We're all chill. No one's doing anything wrong. Look how awesome it is. Now yeah. we're best friends. Maybe you can yeah. come in too. A hundred percent. Always. And then, and then also, like, I feel like most husbands are oblivious to that kind of thing. Yeah. So he should have just been like, oh, shit, I didn't notice. Not, you embarrassed me. Yeah. Because she was rude. She was actually rude. She was like, actually rude. She was the, the way a woman can tell when another woman is being rude. Yeah. Like, subtly, quietly rude. I don't know. This might be a controversial point of view, but it's almost like territorial. Yeah, maybe. Like, I mean, like putting your body in between two people, no matter like they're married yeah. or not, or two dudes, whatever it is, like separating a party is weird. It's weird. And like, I'm excluding you, and now, like, this is just. Yeah. Especially a husband your way and wife. Of, yeah, I yeah. think that's... And it's like a rookie nev- move. Yeah, I would never do that. Move. No matter who, who, what kind of combination of people it was. Like, Unless I, you're trying to fuck the husband. Yeah, that is the vibe, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I kind of mean by the yeah. territorial. Like, yeah. Mm, <laughs> we flirt, which... It's whatever, but yeah. The bartender's the asshole. Bartender was the asshole. You didn't do anything wrong. Um, I thought that would spark more conversation. Uh. <laughs> it's okay. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Do you have another one? I do have another one. Okay, let's we'll do it. another one. Um, I have a lot of feelings about this topic. Am I the asshole for getting a bartender fired for not serving a pregnant woman? Ooh. I, 23, female, bartend on the weekends for some side cash. A few weeks ago, a woman came into our bar. She looked probably about seven or eight months. For context, I'm one of the head bartenders. I was minding my own business, training a new hire around 4 or 5 p.m. One of the other bartenders, Annie, 19, female, came up to me to talk about a ridiculous customer she had. That customer being the quote, pregnant woman. She wanted a glass of wine, and Andy re- Annie refused to serve her and suggested we ask her to leave. I looked at her like she had two heads. Even if someone looks pregnant, 
you still have to serve them, or that can be a discrimination lawsuit waiting to happen. As much as I didn't like it, I got her the glass of wine and minded my two cents. I went back to training our new hire. When Annie saw the woman with a glass of wine, she asked if we could talk in the back, and of course I obliged. She went on a rant how I was a baby killer. Oh, I was a terrible person, etc. <laughs> At this point, if you heard a kiss, Stuart just came over and kissed me on the arm. <laughs> At this point, the other staff members saw this going on, and most minded their business, and a few of the girls told her to cut it out. I told her whether we like it or not, someone needed to serve the woman. I sure as hell wasn't putting my ass on the line for a lawsuit over a glass of wine. Plus, I didn't know the woman's medical history, and it sure as hell wasn't any of my business. I left it at that. Over the next two weeks, anyone on a tirade about how I was a terrible person, was going to hell, was a baby killer, etc. Eventually, I got fed up and reported her to the GM. This situation, along with her frequent call-offs and bad attitude, got her fired. I feel bad, but I had a job to do, and I feel like her rants were unnecessary. Am I the asshole? I don't think so. <laughs> There's no right answer. There's a right answer. She's not the asshole, I don't think. I mean, I would never... See, I don't. I never sought to get anybody fired. Um, they usually do it themselves. Yeah. And I recently was out to dinner with my friend who's very pregnant, uh-huh. and she ate raw shellfish, uh-huh. and she had a glass of wine. And I asked her why. Okay. Because like in American culture, like that's a no go. Yeah. Don't do those. You're a baby killer. Like you're a bad person. Yeah. But in Europe, in Europe, they're good. Yeah. They do that. Yeah. It's all fine. It's just a cultural it's an, thing. It's an American cultural yeah. thing. And I'm not saying like mom, like pregnant people, like go out there and get obliterated. But like a glass of wine is. Fine. It's okay. And the bartender or the you know the the person writing is right. Like I'm not trying to get it a lawsuit. Is- Illegal to refuse service to yeah. someone. Like First body of all. autonomy too. Like that's yeah. our whole thing. Second, you don't even know that she's pregnant. Yes. She could just be fat, and then and you're <laughs> really in trouble. Yeah. When I wear a baby doll shirt, yeah, I look like you don't know. I you eat don't bread. know. Or she could have just had a baby. Totally. A lot of people still look pregnant right after 100%. they give birth, and now she's coming out for her first glass of um, wine. And you're going to give her shit? How tragic would that be? Right? I can't serve you because you're pregnant. Although, (laughs) a few weeks ago at my other job, I, um, this young girl, she's had to be like 17. Uh Uh-huh. And she looks very visibly pregnant. She was like, can I have a a drink? And I was like, no. (laughs) And she was like, is it because I'm pregnant? And I was like, no, it's because you're 17. <laughs> but, but had she been old enough, I still would have given her a, yeah. a frozen Moscow mule. Not sure. my body, not, not my your baby. body. <laughs> and that's such a like my body, my choice. You know? Yeah. It's, like we keep using that such as like a flippant term. 
It's, yeah. It's for vaccines, we believe in it. For abortion, we don't. Yeah. For drinking alcohol, even in small quantities. Yeah, like, we think we should not allow you to do drugs. It's for, for, I mean, I believe my body, my choice for everything. A lot of people disagree with me. I think that you should be able to choose if yeah. you want to do drugs. You, as long as you're not hurting anybody outside of your body. Um, but if somebody's living in your body, you can do whatever the fuck you want with them. <laughs> oh, you're not totally like, that's a human being who's ready to make choices for their own life. I mean, if they're ready to make choices, then they can get the fuck out. <laughs> they're not paying rent in the room. Nope, they're not. <laughs> yeah. Will I, I lose listeners over this? I don't think so. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't like that. And like, I have a few friends who I like. One of which I'm a goddaughter or godmother to her daughter, and she had a glass of wine. Not often, but like. When we hung out, she didn't want to feel left out or ostracized, mm. and she never got wasted, but, like, her baby's amazing. <laughs> there you go. She's, maybe maybe the wine is the reason why. <laughs> She's a little weirdo. So. Also, I'm probably not the first person to come up with this point. When you're yelling, my body, my choice, about vaccines, nobody's actually forcing you to take a vaccine. They're like, you can do what you want, but if you don't get the vaccine, you can't go into Disneyland, you know? Yeah. And, and then you have a choice. Is it more important for me to go to Disneyland, or is it more important for me to not get the vaccine? But when people are like, you must carry that baby to term no matter what, that is actually not a choice at all. Yeah. It's, it's not like ugh. I can either carry the baby to term or go to Disneyland. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's neither, never. Yeah. That's, uh, that's such a awful but great analogy. <laughs> the, the, the co-worker is the asshole. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. And I also argue that that person didn't get the coworker fired. You just reported a behavior, and then the boss decided what to yes. do about it. Which, so. again, is kind of a rare thing, I yeah. feel like, in, in my experience. <laughs> I, as a boss, um, as an employee, I, I got the whole, like, we're loyal to each other, blah, blah, blah. But as a boss, when you guys, like, keep each other's secrets and cover for each other, I'm like, I feel left out. <laughs> I don't I, like it. I get that. So, I mean, I, my way of, like, dealing with, like, ugh, they didn't look clean, and, like, I'm an opener, because I can't stay up late mm-hmm. anymore. Um, if something's not done, or a bunch of stuff isn't done, I tell that my coworker, like, hey, yeah. buddy, like, these things weren't done, and it's super... Yeah frustrating because I have to you know do do more and like my timeline of the day gets messed up and usually they are receptive if they're not then I'll yeah. tell you and yeah. be like I feel like there's hey. the annoying things and then there's the like this person is losing business and that's jeopardizing my job yeah things yeah. the like so and so left it messy but it's fine because I left it messy last week sure is fine or like, but the like, so and so leaves it messy all the time, and we're all mad. It's like time to tell me. Totally. 
But I mean, is there has there ever been a, a situation where the secret was a big deal? Um, and you were like, why the why the fuck didn't you tell me this? There were a few situations. I mean, as far as I know. The the only time that the staff was keeping stuff a secret was when, like, I knew a person was fucking up, but maybe I didn't know everything they were doing. And so after that person left, I would get the whole story. But it was nothing that was like, oh, my God, if I had known that, like, they probably would have been gone sooner. But it was always like, I know this person is fucking up and it's a matter of like when and how um, and I didn't know every situation but I don't I mean as far as I know I mean there might be things I don't know and I'll never know um, there probably what's are what's the worst thing you've done <laughs> as an employee oh my god the worst thing I've done as an employee yeah, as a bartender um, that you should have gotten fired for ah um, okay this was like again 18 and I was I was um, a waitress and I had a regular that came in every day and he drank a pitcher of beer by himself and he would come in when it was dead and I would like sit and talk to him and I had a huge crush on him and um I didn't realize, and then he was having a birthday party. Wait, this was over. This was over thirty years ago, so I'm getting the details wrong. <laughs> Either he was having a birthday party, or it was my birthday, and I invited him. I forgot which one, but he brought his girlfriend, uh. and I was like, "Oh, I thought we had a thing." <laughs> <laughs> but we we didn't. I was just like this super young naive waitress, and I put Visine in her drink. Oh my god! And she left early. <laughs> and that was before they changed the formula. Oh my yeah. god, that's horrible. <laughs> that's pretty bad. And also, like, it's one thing to do it to somebody who's an asshole. It's another thing to do it to like somebody's poor unsuspecting girlfriend. <laughs> That that has no idea that this stupid nineteen-year-old waitress like has a crush on your boyfriend. What does that do to a person? It gives you diarrhea. They changed the formula, but yeah, it gave you horrible immediate diarrhea. That's one drop. Oh my god, that's pretty bad. Yeah, I feel bad. My worst was. I was severely hungover at Kogan's. I was taking a table of like six, like 16 year olds, 17 year olds. Every food order they gave me, I got more and more nauseous and uh-huh. I ended up throwing up on the table. On, them. on a table of people? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. And it was a big table. There was a lot of ricochet. Oh and my God. We, even though it was notorious for all of us to be like fucked up and like pretty bad at our jobs. <laughs> That's pretty bad. I, we weren't allowed to be hungover. They like yeah. implemented this rule. <laughs> Even though we were constantly Wait taking... A How can you tell a bartender or waitress they can't be hungover at work? That is, like, the standard. I know. <laughs> it made no sense. And then they were, like, our our drink of choice was called a Hot Jamie. 
half fireball <laughs> Jameson. No wonder you threw up. Oh boy, we had so many the night oh before. Oh my god. And then I lied and I was like, oh no, I had a McDonald's sausage biscuit at I mean, our employee meeting. Uh, it was so bad. What Those would I kids. do if someone threw, if a server <laughs> threw up on waitressing or bartending? It doesn't matter. I was waitressing. What would I do if a waitress threw up on me at my table? Oh my god! I have no idea what they did because I immediately ran out, leaving a trail of vomit. I feel all like my car. There's two two answers. Either I would be so because. I hate vomit. <laughs> and I would be so, like, horrifically mortified and, disgust, like, physically disgusted that I would have to immediately leave or throw up. I would throw up. But also my, like, bartender tendency would be to find that waitress and, like, make sure she's okay and, like, hold her hair while she gets the rest of it out and get her a glass of water. So I don't know which one I would be. I can see more of that, honestly. Like, you're really good in a, like, a terrible panic situation. Thank you. I have definitely held a lot of, like, strange women's hair back in, like, club bathrooms uh, that I didn't know. I love the friendships made in a bathroom. <laughs> yeah. In a drunken yes. nightclub bathroom. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to all the women I've ever met and decided I loved yes. and never remember again. And then I've given, like, dating advice <laughs> yeah. that I'm like, I'm like, fuck him, don't go back to your table. You just party with us. We're having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> the women's bathroom at 2 a.m. is amazing. They say nothing good yes, happens, but no. there's a lot of friendships made. I feel like there might be a podcast in there somewhere where you just, like, <laughs> go to a club and hang out in the yeah. women's bathroom at 2 a.m. and just see what happens. I would listen to that. I would, too. <laughs> Hmm. Coming soon to, <laughs> to, to a podcast player near you. Charlene and Janine sit in a bathroom. <laughs> That's such a good idea. I, I recently We would have to, to take a nap. We would. Oh, my God. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole new lifestyle. I recently went to a Schwanky award show that I had no business being at. Uh-huh. But... But instead of like mingling with the other guests, and we had like a VIP thing, I mean, our, like our friend is a, a DJ, and um, uh, I ended up talking to the bathroom attendants because uh-huh. I've never experienced a bathroom attendant before. Really? And yes, I was like, I'm in the service industry too, so like, I don't get it totally, but like, oh my god, you're amazing. <laughs> I'm like wasted. And they listen to people fart all night. All night. That's like a and crazy they job. I know. I this woman, this amazing woman. I was falling out of my jumpsuit. You help me by. Uh-huh. Um, and she had to pin me into it. And every like ten minutes I'd bust out of it again from dances you are. And I'd be like, hey, it's me again. Can you please pin me? <laughs> she would just do it. I lost She's all like, of my cash to her. I gave her all of my cash. That's she awesome. was my best friend that night. Yes. 
You're like, you're the only one at this party that understands me. <laughs> you're the only one I relate to. <laughs> Everyone's really fancy and has never had a job in the service industry, which I think should be a mandated thing. It should be mandated. Everybody should have to. Retail and like some sort of I never worked retail, but I always hang my clothes back up. Oh, that's I, a dream. <laughs> I, I must have had friends that did. Or just from having a job. Yeah. Just like, oh, I feel like this should go back. Yeah. Like, I never worked at Burger King, but I know that you, like, throw your garbage out and put your tray, Ugh. bring your tray back. I had a bunch know? of customers today who left all of their glasses. Uh, <laughs> two regulars just walked by. And that really bugs me. Yeah. Like, you're passing the bar as you leave. You know. Bring me your glasses. I interviewed somebody a few months back, and whenever they come in, we ask them if they want a drink. Um, when they order a beer, it's a red flag, um, but usually they'll get like a water or a soda. And then I had somebody who didn't bring her glass back, and I'm like, I nope. won't hire you. <laughs> nope. I won't, you don't know. You don't know how to act in a bar. Mm-hmm. So I did have somebody today order a water and give me $5. That's like, nice, because we have you, free water outside. Yep. You're a great person. <laughs> I I kind of love when um, domicile challenged folks walk by and get themselves a cup of water and, like, give me, like, a thumbs up yeah. when they walk by. <laughs> they always look in, like, what? They're Am like, I, for real? For me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just help yourself. We love the onion again. This neighborhood... You grew up here. I did, but it wasn't like this. I know, but... It was very different. Yeah. (laughs) But still, you're here. I am here. It smells like weed now. It does smell like... (laughs) I'm looking... I guess it's legal. It's legal, but it's not legal inside. (laughs) Maybe someone's smoking outside. Uh, Tony's on it. Tony's going to figure it out. All right. I guess we're winding down. Do you have anything to promote? Um... No. All right. Not really. Um, Stuart, do you have anything to promote? Yeah, Bar and Minis Bar. Bar and Minis Bar. Shit, it's my interview all over again. (laughs) (laughs) Go to that other bar. Um, (laughs) No, come see me on the day (laughs) shifts. Yeah. And um, thank you to Alex Smith. You can catch him at Fast Tracks. Or Hal Dottie. And um, thanks. This has been I Know the Owner. I'm Charlene Wellington. And this is. Chinin. Bye! Bye! I know the owner.